Hello friends, as you may have noticed, our previous episode was unexpectedly interrupted by the commotions caused by the Beirut port fire of September 10. We felt pretty bad about that over here at Fauda, so we decided to invite our guest back and pick up where we left off. And so, without any further ado, here's Rami Rasamni part 2. When you cross passport control, you take a step, you, you, that's it, like you, you, you get a stamp in your passport and then you take a step into a, into a black hole. The Beirut blast, what it did was, it just blew away the facade and revealed that there is nothing there. The October Revolution was really a revolution of the depositors. Although I don't condone violence, I also do understand that when the hungry man is hungry, you know. For the first time since I've stepped foot in this country, I saw people do what they're supposed to be doing, and that is start exactly where you're standing. And we're here because you guys couldn't see past the dumbest, stupidest lie that you sold yourself, which is that somehow your sect, your clan, is more important than having a nation and having a... kind of segueing from from the amazing things you've done and the amazing career you've had but uh yeah i don't know i just what are your opinions on what happened <laughs> look uh <clears throat> i don't know uh it's i mean i oh, I, I do know in, in a sense that uh, i my expectations of this place are so low uh that uh, you know nothing surprises me anymore I mean, we, we're, we're talking about the fire over here, but yesterday uh, in the evening, a friend of mine who ran the last portion of the LMT with me uh, just three days ago was sending me videos that him and his friends are fighting one of the biggest blazes in the northern region of Akkad completely on their own. Uh, of course, because you know, we, don't have the in, you know, we don't have the infrastructure uh, to fight something that happens every single year. Uh, so, there, you know, there there are no surprises in this place. If you think that you know, we we, we live in a in a in a in a situation, an atmosphere where you think like, how can it get any worse? And the problem with that thinking is that that's a bottomless pit. Uh, it keeps getting worse. It keeps getting worse and worse and worse and worse until we decide to do something different. And we haven't done that yet. I mean, we we started to do certain things that are different. I definitely see a change in attitude between people, but. The, the fundamentals of the country are rotten. They're absolutely rotten. And, uh, and, and you know, you, when, you, when you cross passport control, you take a step, you, you, that's it. Like you, you, you get a stamp in your passport and then you take a step into a, bl into a black hole. And, and it, just, it just keeps on going, keeps on going, keeps on going. And, there's and the fact that they were using private, privately owned water tanks yesterday to try and move water enough to get to the fire. Yeah, Privately owned, how, yeah, yeah, yeah. How many functioning helicopters do we have? Yesterday, I think one of you guys told me we have like three or four functioning well, God helicopters. God knows, but yesterday I mean, we just saw one. You, you even mentioned yesterday when we were kind of seeing the scenes unveil, like why not close the highway? Why, why, why not stop people from, from passing by? Because we didn't know what was going to happen if there was going to be I another I think it took explosion. them like two hours to close down Like, the you, you know, you know when, when, when the blast happened, the original one, <clears throat> And we were in uh, downtown Beirut, in uh, in Jamezi area. Um, there was there was rubble uh, falling like the the uh, these big 
uh, aluminum panels were falling off the Bernard Houdi building. And we had volunteers coming in and out of that area because they were one of the volunteer groups at base camp was, was, it was right in front of the, uh, the Bernard Houdi building. And in order to get into the uh, disaster area, you had to pass between these two tall buildings and there were panels that were flying in the wind. I swear to God, there, was, there were two police officers sitting down underneath the building, underneath the building, having sandwiches. A panel fell not 20 meters away from them. None of them even like moved an inch. They didn't even flinch. I, I, was, I was running, I ran up to them and I'm like, I, I'm, I, basically we were afraid for our volunteers because when we, they originally set up the base camp, there was no wind, so nobody thought that the panels could fly that far away. So we had to evacuate and not just evacuate, but also close the road so that our volunteers don't pass through that area. And, what, and, 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 and so I was do, like running in between, you know, in, in the danger zone and the police officer just sitting there having a sandwich and watching me. And I, and I run up to him like, and I basically, I pleaded with him. I was like, I was like, uh, you know, sir, you, you've got a, you, you're wearing a uniform. You have the flag on your chest. Please just come up and help me yeah. and, and, and help me close the road. People are going to get injured. And, you know, he kind of, he was like, oh, well, what am I supposed to do? And I'm like, I'm like, do what I'm doing. Did he genuinely ask you what am I supposed exactly. to do? Exactly. He, he asked me that. And I said, and I said, do exactly what I'm doing here. I'll show you. He and was I, civilian. Yeah. No, no. And I showed him and I showed him what to do. Yeah. And you know what? The guy did it. But it and it tells you, you did it. yeah. But it tells you it tells you something. It tells you that they don't have orders. It tells you that they don't have. There's no chain of command. It tells you they don't have basic training. It tells you it tells you, man, that they 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 they're 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 just there. Yeah. They're just there. They're as use they're as useful to us as an armchair in a disaster. <laughs> like like literally seriously, a chihuahua would be more effective. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and 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 I have full respect for Chihuahuas, yeah. man. <laughs> you know? We all do. Right? We all do. They're but, heroes. Right. I think I respect them more than these officers for sure. But I think I that that trickles up not only from the officers, that trickles up to MPs and politicians. Like, what merits have you done to be elected to such powerful positions? Like, what kind of training? What background? I mean, you get to a point where, if you marry right, if you're born into the right family, that has put you into a massive position of power. They were, they were there, they were there, they're warlords, as you all know, and you've said this on so many different occasions, and they were just there at the right time, I guess, right after the right war, after the war finished and after the peace treaty was signed. Each one had their share of the pie, and that was it. And they're, they're not on merit, they're there based on the influence that they had and spitting, up, yeah, and spitting up the country in a tribal mentality, using sectarianism to split up the country. Right. I mean, look, the, the, the idea that there is a country to begin with yeah. is a big... Uh, uh, it's so, a, so. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big lie. There is no country, okay? There, there, uh, because in order to have a country, there are certain things that, uh, that, you, need to, that you need to have. You need to have a, a legal regime that is uh, universally applied. We don't have that. You need to have contiguous borders. We don't have that. Just yesterday, two days ago, when I was in Akkar, like doing the trekking, the guy, I was like, oh, is that Syria? He's like, yeah, that's the area where we don't really know if it's Lebanon or Syria, you know? And, and I'm sorry, but we, we, we have, the only defined border that we have is with the Mediterranean Sea, <laughs> you know? Every other border is ambiguous. It's like, Cyprus yeah, but Cyprus. maybe, but who knows, you know? Okay, yeah. so you don't, you, you, you don't have borders. We don't have a standing army. I know that this is controversial to say, and I think, and I used to say this a long time ago, but, and, and, I, and, and this explosion shows, showed everybody the truth, which is that, you know, if, like, so what is the purpose of an army? Is it not to protect civilians? Okay, so show me an instance in the last one month in which I was protected by my army. Point, 
me to one thing. Well, they saved you um, from gaining a lot of calories by eating all the food and sandwiches that were taken. Right, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. They put me on. They put me yeah. and a bunch of other Lebanese uh, on a diet. Yeah, so exactly. I feel Thank like when it comes to updating the population in general about what's going on in the country, especially with situations like the fire yesterday, right. the Lebanese society updates like certain figures, certain influential figures on the social media scene, right. update people and help protect people more than the actual army does. Like well, we, we were talking off camera right. about what time did they even send you the message that there was a fire going on? I received the message at like 5 p.m. in Arabic that there's a fire. Be careful. Don't head towards the port. Right. But 5 p.m. We what time were did we, we were leave done you? at 5 p.m. We, 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 le we left we left this place at like 1:30. Right. So it took them approximately like three hours and a half to just message me and I'm sure with other people whereas if you Dude, went our, our president it, he called a meeting with the higher defense council at 7. at 7 p.m. number one what is the higher defense council like I'm not uh, what, this is what the first time I heard about the higher defense yeah, council yeah I didn't even know we had a higher defense council because I definitely as a civilian here don't feel defended in any you, way you know the the, the, the the interesting part is that Beirut is still under a state of emergency which yeah. means that the army is 100% in charge of what exactly yeah. I'm sorry, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here, you know, we're, we're having these conversations. What exactly are they in charge of? If not to, you know, a, a recurrence of the exact same disaster, not four weeks past the original one that destroyed all of Beirut, to which to this day, we haven't seen an effective state response. This is the third time in the last month that the port has burned. There was a fire at the port. This is the third time right. since the explosion that the fire has taken like place. You, you, you can't make this up. You yeah, can't. You can't make this up. So, 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 you know, the the idea that there is a state is a you know we're not we're not trying to or that we have to preserve the state is 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 fake. There is no state to preserve. We need to build a state. Yeah. That I agree with. We need to start, but we're starting from the ground up. There is nothing here. There's absolutely nothing here. There's no electricity. There's no water. There's no sewage treatment. There's no environmental protection. There is no. There are no protections for healthcare for for the citizens. For, for for there are no pensions. There is no state. There's no. There's no. There's no standing army that is beholden to one commander as opposed to different sectarian factions. You have and 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 also the supreme authority in the country in terms of weapons, <laughs> right? So 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 point. Somebody point to me, point out to me one, one aspect of, an, of, of, of what could be considered a nation that we have here in Lebanon, and I will say I stand corrected. Until such time, I stand with what I say. There is no republic. We are not even a banana republic. We're just a banana. Banana peel republic. We're a banana peel, right? And not much more. Um, and, and yeah, it's, and, 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 and you know, we, but I'm, but I'm in a, in a funny way that this has happened has been really interesting because for a very long time I used to say that this is what I, I thought about this place. And people would always disagree with me because the packaging was very well uh, designed. Uh, you had a vibrant nightlife. Uh, you could point to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to a good private schooling system and a, and a, and a half-decent university system, which, by the way, in, in the last 15 years has like phew, taken a tank, right? Uh, just nosedived. Um, so you, you could point to, there was something that covered up all of this. Yeah. Covering up the cross. On the surface. Right. Yeah. The Beirut blast, what it did was, it just blew away the facade and revealed that there is nothing there. Wouldn't you say, though, that happened 
before the facade was blown up before the Beirut blast, maybe since the demonstrations in October 2019. I would since say the economic crash. Yeah, since the economic crash. I would that's when people became more alert about it. Yeah, um, no. And the reason why I say that is because the, the October revolution yeah. was really a revolution of the depositors, right? And if you have deposits, then you're automatically part of the very small middle class and the even, even smaller upper class. Um, you know, because because at that point the 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 crisis of the country hadn't really affected. You know, hyperinflation hadn't started yet. Remember, the revolution started before hyperinflation started. Although, and hyperinflation was inevitable; it was going to happen no matter what. But uh, what what did happen in the lead up to the revolution was uh, you had in August people were starting to have trouble uh, transferring money and and reaching their deposits. In September, it became even more difficult. And then in October, there was a total shutdown. And that's when the revolution happened, when people couldn't access their deposits, which is why the revolution initially was us doing yoga and holding hands and singing Kumbaya, you know? And then as the revolution, as, the, as time passed, and actually the, 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 the economic disaster started to trickle down to the hand-to-mouth majority population of Lebanon, which live at or below the poverty line, yeah that's when the revolution started to get violent. And that's when you started to see something very different. And I understand that. And although I don't condone violence, I also do understand that when a hungry man is hungry, you know, he lashes up. Yeah. He's gonna, that's, 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 a different, that's a different conversation. Um, so, so I don't think, and, and I think this, what, what happened since then was there was a kind of, a, a, all right, it, it kind of got into a rhythm, like, okay, so the revolution is still happening, but it's really not affecting the, the, the political class. And there was a complacency amongst the population that weren't uh, necessarily, like, not against the, the movement, yeah. but also not, not necessarily- Not fully supporting it. Yeah, exactly, not fully supporting it. Like, it's there, it's just become another reality of Lebanon. Um, and I, and, but I think that the, the, the big game changer here was this explosion. Right. Because, you, you know, they, they could say, okay, uh, you can't protest on the streets because you're blocking people. Uh, you can't protest on the sidewalk because uh, uh, national security. You can't do this, you can't do that, but now they're going after you in your homes. And that's a different thing, man. That's a different thing. When people, when, when, when the state, through, its, through, through intention or through negligence, goes after you inside your homes, that, that affects everybody equally. And, there, and, and unlike the revolution of October, where it was mostly the depositors that were affected, today, when you go into Jemezi and Jaitewe and, uh, and, and, and even Hamra and even and Khanda al-Ghami, and, and, and you'll find that you've got the billionaire class and you've got the people who barely make a dollar a day all equally affected in the exact same way. And that's why I say that this is actually the game changer and that, and that this is what blew away the facade because it, wasn't, it didn't just blow away the facade to, the, to, to, to the, those of us who can sit down and have an intellectual conversation about economics. It blew away the facade to everybody in the country. It blew, literally blew away the facades of their buildings. It, it, you know, in, in my own house, my balcony went into my house. You know, everything that was on my balcony was now was, was inside my house. Um, so, so, so I think that, yes, uh, uh, I, there is a degree of like, people have been slowly starting to wake up to this uh, scheme that was inevitably going to lead to here no matter what. Um, but I think that it was the explosion that, that really, yeah, it's the, it's the major turning point. It's the, it's, you can't look away from it is what I'm trying to say.
I think the only kind of uh, optimism we've had over the course of this month are, are, like you were saying to us off camera, are tangible things. And uh, like going down to Monchel and all the affected areas and helping clean and, and remove the rubble and, and helping people. And I know, and I know we haven't touched on this, but you have been raising money for the Red Cross. You raised, I think, 12,000 US dollars, right? Right, a little over, yeah. A little over <coughs> 12,000 US dollars. And um, it was a 470 kilometer trek and run, yeah. Run, sorry, yes. run. Yeah, <laughs> so, which I is mean, way worse. Yeah, it's a trail <laughs> yeah, run, mostly. Which is, yeah. yeah, and where did that start again? Right, so um, we, we started in Marjayun, which is uh, on the southern border of, uh, of Lebanon. Um, and it, we crossed through all the mountain regions of the country, starting with uh, the Jabal al-Sheikh region, Mount Hermon region, which is, uh, which is down right on the, on, the, on the southern border. We crossed through the Bekaa Valley and then up to, from an area called Aitanit into the Shuf region. Uh, we crossed all the way along the Shuf region to uh, to Kisruin, uh, to Aura, to uh, to Ehdin and the Psharri in that area, and finally to Akkar, which is our northernmost uh, region of the country. Uh, it was 470 kilometers, so uh, it was a very long trail. the The total elevation on this is around 22,000 uh, vertical meters, so it's more than double. It's almost a, it's it's two two and a half to, uh, uh, times the the uh, the elevation of Everest, so it's a <laughs> it's a pretty big thing. Your and body must have been thanking you then. Yeah, very yeah. much so. Yeah. And 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 it uh, we managed to complete it in seven hours. Uh, uh, sorry, seven days, ten hours, and one minute. Um, and 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 that was a, a record for the South to North Trail uh, section. Uh, so it was, and and we did it to raise uh, 12k for. Oh well, originally we said 10k, but people were amazing with us and. And yeah, and one of the greatest things about uh, this particular project that we did was uh, it, it really brought people together. So we had we had different people from different parts of the country joining us on different segments of the trek um, and uh, of the run, and and they really like they, they gave us fresh energy every day. So every day they would, I'd wake up and I'd be like, oh wow, they're like people here, and they're gonna be running with us these sections. And you know, for, and some of them I knew, some of them I met that morning, you know, and we just start running. Incredible people, inspiring people. People who just wanted to to, to, to to kind of participate and make a difference and and show what community can achieve, and 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 that for me was incredibly inspiring. Um, when you see that, does it, when you see that a lot of people partaking partaking in these actions and running for hope, does that give you more hope towards the future of Lebanon that society is becoming more aware and that they want to actually help rebuild in any way possible? whether that's through actual physical rebuilding or raising awareness. Look, I don't like to say that it gives me hope or, you know, the only thing that really gives me, you know, the, the, the only thing that will ever build anything is when we put our hands in the mud and we do it. Yeah. Those people, you know, they showed me that that's what they were willing to do in that way. And, and you know what? Like, yes, absolutely. That's, that's how we're going to build a nation. But they, they did exactly the same as what I saw when I went down to the, 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 you know, ground zero within the first 24 hours of the explosion was that everybody, anybody, they just picked up a shovel, picked up a broom, picked up a whatever they could, and they just started working exactly where they were standing. And that's something that we've been missioning as a country from the very beginning, is that everybody was, is always saying, you know, everybody's an armchair critic. They all sit down and they tell you why, you know, you're not doing it right, and you're not doing it right, and you crossed the red light, and you threw out of your window, and you la 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 la, and everybody just sits there and sits on the TV and starts shouting at the TV, and it's like, yeah, okay, but what exactly are you doing? And for the first time in 
since I've stepped foot in this country, I saw people do what they're supposed to be doing, and that is start exactly where you're standing, is start with yourself. People like stood up and they're like, okay, this has happened, what am I supposed to do? Okay, what can I do? I can clean, all right, so let's get started. And that's how it started. And, and, that's, and that there is how you actually start to build those blocks towards uh, a, a, you know, a, a national narrative that is on a single trajectory. And the Lebanon Mountain Trail for us was a kind of a, a microcosm of that. It's, it's the only trail that connects the whole country together. So there's no other trail that does this. It crosses through all the communities of the country. It crosses through all the religious areas of the country. You know, at one point we were in, we're 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 walking on on an area where where they say that the that Saint George's steps are in the are in the rock. And another point we're in Nabi Ayyub. And another point where you know we we passed through all these these very very uh, 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 religiously meaningful uh, uh, places, but all along the same trail and all going in one direction. And that's what we need as a nation because we don't have that. We don't have a national narrative. You know, and that's fundamental to any country. Every country that exists in the world has a story. It, it might be an overinflated story. It might be a, it might be a whatever. It's, it's supposed to be a myth. It's supposed to be something that we all, that we all grow, and grow with and understand as being the reason why we are Lebanese and not something else. I think the closest thing we have to a, something towards a national identity is the Lebanese cedar tree. But uh, other than that, in terms of like identifying... And we've done a fantastic job at cutting them down. We kind of chopped down that identity. That was right. the point I wanted to get into. That was the only thing we had in terms of identity. But as you said, like we have that so... Like, we killed so, it. We, killed we did it. a horrendous job in maintaining it. Right. And, 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 and I mean, exactly. You, you, you said it. Like there's all, even the symbology of our country we've, we've managed to. And I say we because I firmly, firmly, firmly believe that, uh, that every people deserve the government that they have. Mm. We, we are here not because of some act of God. We are here not because of some, some plot between the French and the Syrians and the, and the Germans and the, and the South Africans and, the, the, and the Liberians. It's the Uzbeks, bro. We, it's, it's the Uzbeks. It's the Uzbeks. Man. It's they, always, they, they didn't let they, us. It's, they, they it's let always us. the Uzbeks. Fun fact, I lived in Uzbekistan for the first two years You're of my You're kidding. Life. What? <laughs> they oh, have, I'm sorry. Though. <laughs> they, no, they have phenomenal mountains, guys. Yeah. But, but, but like, seriously, it's, you know, we, we are here. And I, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget this. Like I remember my own, my own father celebrating in like the in the 90s that oh Hariri won a landslide, oh Jamblat won a I don't know what. Yes, okay, great, you know, and 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 I can't and like, it's like yeah, he did, and we're here because of that yeah. because you guys couldn't see past the dumbest, stupidest lie that you sold yourself which is that somehow your sect your clan is more important than having a nation and having a national identity and having a something it's better to hate each other than to than to unite together and build something together that is the lie they sold themselves but the thing is back at that time if you're talking about the 90s maybe the lie that those politicians uh, marketed was that they're going to build a better future a more united lebanon that was the campaign that they'd promote themselves well look you, that's you, what i'm asking I, I, I would say i would say that you you know there are two there are two big fallacies in that statement first of all in the 90s there were no politicians there were only warlords yeah. okay so and the, and the people who destroy do not build 
This is, this is, you know, this is something you can take that to the bank. Yeah. Nobody who's ever destroyed, in the history of histories, nobody has ever, who's destroyed has actually constructed. Uh, so you're, you're sitting there and, you're, you know, today we're, we're like, oh my God, how come these politicians, and I say that, you know, in, in quotes, aren't outraged that two, uh, how are they not resigning? 200 people died. And I'm like, yeah, well, guess what? You know, hundreds of thousands of people died in the Civil War, which they were directly responsible for. You think that 200 extra people are going to, you know, make them not sleep at night? You know, they already have a very admirable uh, body count as it stands. Yeah, I don't even We're, feel, the th like, I don't even think they feel anxious about any of this. They, they, I don't even feel, which is the scariest part of all, they feel accountable for yeah, it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Which yeah. any good politician would feel accountable when they fail, but... You know, I don't again, think they've ever felt that. Again, you're, you're using the word politician. <laughs> Sorry, right. let me replace it with a C word. Uh, Shit, yes. Can you guess what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I, I can. And even, yeah. and even that, you know, is, is wasted on them. <laughs> Look, it's, it, it, and, and that's, the, that's the truth. That's the fundamental truth, is that these people, these people came into parliament on the barrels of guns. Yeah. We're sitting here wondering why they can't solve complex economic questions. It's because they don't bloody know it. They don't know, they, they, some of them hardly know how to add. Okay, these, these, the, the, you know, the, no, seriously, it's, true. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. if you, if you watch parliamentary sessions and you listen to the level of discourse, you're like, these guys wouldn't pass the sixth grade yeah. in, 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 in the schools that we went to in this, in this bloody country. How on earth are they our politicians? How on earth are they the people that we look up to or are supposed to look up to or our parents looked up to? And, and, and that's the, that's, that's what boggles my mind. I think you, you pinned it down to and that's it's essentially the root of all things it's tribalism and why we still have people who kind of latch on to you know kind of that civil war romantic mentality my clan my people is that they don't realize that these i'll be very careful c words which i won't say i'm trying to swear less by the way I've, my dad has told me to uh, <laughs> thank you joe is that they've created a system where the people are now reliant on them so through their siphoning of money, through their corruption, through their um, you know, use of arms and force, if, if you are part of their clan and you want to get a job, the, civil, the state and the civil duties that a state should have are not there. So what do you need to do for protection? You go to your warlord. For a job, you go to your warlord. For healthcare, you go to... They, they have created such a suitable system to have these people attached to them. And what happens is these people, through a lack of... Don't know, man, education or, or through a lack of awareness, instead of looking at the big picture and say, wow, they've, they've made me rely on them to this level, they say, no, no, these are my saviors. Look, they've taken care of my family there. And this is right. the issue. Rami said it perfectly off camera yesterday. This country was designed, was built and designed yes. this way purposely. Yeah. No, it is. It's, it's purpose built. It's purpose built. And, you know, uh, look, the, I, I agree. I agree 100% with, with what you're saying. Um, and, like it's 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 one of those it's one of those really interesting things now because we're we find ourselves at a in a situation where the game is up and it's not up because they want it to be up or we want it to be up it's up because of an externality that none of us have control over and that's the money you see lebanon is lebanon the way that this the system that you very correctly described works is that you have uh, okay, so you have, you've got the economy, which is this bubble here in the middle, okay, and then you've got, uh, and then you've got the, the what feeds the economy. A very small percentage is local production. We all know that's like nothing negligible. The majority of our of, of our economy is basically remittances coming from abroad, 
and 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 deposits. So so you have this you had you know in the pre two thousand and eight you had this huge amount of remittances coming in, and in the nineties you had huge amounts of remittances, and that was what was feeding the economy. And the economy was then uh, was then investing like the, the 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 money that was going coming into the economy was then going in to invest into what? It was going to invest into the uh, the 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 political favors of you know hire basically hiring hiring people, and when you're hiring people that are useless, it's like you might as well make a bonfire of money and burn it, okay? Because and that's exactly what they were they were doing. So the money was was going in this direction, it was going like this, going into the economy, and then dropping down into this in, into this bottomless pit and catching fire. All good, up until the 2008 crash. And then 2008 crash happened, and this, you know, the, the money that was coming in from here suddenly drops a little bit. Yeah. You still have this economy in the middle that's some, somehow kind of functioning, and, but the, but the uh, and, and, and actually what ends up happening is that you have an acceleration of these, of these, of this clientelist way of hiring, and that's why you end up with police officers that are eating sandwiches, not doing anything, right? And you're like watching TV, and you're like, how are there like literally hundreds of security officers, and none of them are doing anything. They're just standing there, right? Uh, and, and across the entire state. And then what ended up happening is that in 2015, you, you, like the, the recovery didn't, uh, global recovery didn't happen in the way that it was supposed to, particularly in the Gulf, uh, where you have a big number of remittances coming in. And eventually what happened was that balance started to shift. And this is where the financial engineering came in, which is basically that the central bank looked at the balance sheets and said, okay, we can't keep financing the, the, the political system as it is in the way that it's running uh, with the amount of dollars that we currently have. So what we have to do is we have to attract more dollars. And so what they did was they started to issue bonds, which is basically an IOU uh, with, 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 with astronomical uh, 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 interest rates in order to attract dollars desperately needed right now. And, and they did it in phases. And, and, the, and the, way, the reason why they did it in phases was because it, like when you do it in phases, you kind of prove that, that you are going to pay back. So of course, the first, and, the, and the first group were selective. So it was a big, huge number. It was selected to a particular number of people. And those people all got paid back. And trust me, they were all politicians. And they're all politically connected. Right? And then they started opening it to a wider group with, less, with a smaller investment. And then eventually, it went all the way down to any money that you had that was in dollars. You put it in here, mm -hmm. and you were going to get anywhere between 10 and 12%. And that's how the um, Ponzi scheme basically Exactly. Started. And it, yeah, so basically, you're attracting more money yeah. to pay off the previous 100%. debt. Okay? And that kicked the can all the way up until 2019. In 2019, that game collapsed. And now, the, the, historical, uh, the historical way in which Lebanon finances its, its, its sectarian system has collapsed because uh, the, the, you know, for the first time, the Saudis are running a deficit. So they don't have the petrodollars to, yeah. pay, to, to, to pay off anybody. The, the, the Gulf Arabs are, are you know, they, they, I think, I think they, are, they no longer have an appetite for Lebanon. And I wouldn't if I were them either. You know, they've, they've, bitten, you know, they've bitten the hand that feeds them so many times that at some point you become insane for continuing to feed them. Um, the, you know, the, the West doesn't have an appetite either for Lebanon, and they're quite fed up. And you can see that with what happened with the Cedar Conference and the fact that they gave them the Set Conference and, what, and they gave them this, this, uh, these, these requirements that they had to, to implement, which they which couldn't they even do, meet, which, yeah. they, which they failed to meet, which would have prevented the initial financial crisis mm. that started the revolution back in a year ago, right? So, so that's gone. Lebanese 
Lebanese are no longer going to be transferring any money to Lebanon, all right? Outside of what they need to pay for for the basic stuff of their dependents, outside of that, they're not going to be transferring any money back into Lebanon. That's for sure. Trust in the Lebanese banking sector as being a safe haven for your cash. It's totally, yeah. so, so, so basically, the, 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 the game is up. There is no more money to finance the system. And consequently, the system will change whether they want it to change or not, just because there's no other alternative. If you if you can't finance like it does if I if I if I hire you as a favor as a client like, like as a clientelist favor you know I'm a politician and I say or a warlord and I say hey uh, okay you and your kids I'm gonna put you in this in the electricity company and now you have a government salary good for you okay keep voting Habibi yeah, yeah. Um, so so that you know but then you don't get your your salary I can't pay you. The government can't pay you, or they're paying you in lollars, or they're paying you in in in, in liras, which is basically toilet paper, uh, because because and right now it's only stabilizing at seven thousand, just because of the number of the amount of aid that's coming in to the country in dollars, through initiatives like the one that we're doing and so many other thousands of Lebanese are doing. But once that's over, and that will be over very soon, you're going to you're going to get a tank, right? And a similar in, similarly to what happened at, after the coronavirus lockdowns, like everybody's like, oh, it stabilized at around four thousand, then the coronavirus lockdown. Um, came apart and it went up to 9,000, right? So it's going to it's going to tank in, inevitably, um, and 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 I say that with I say that with authority. I don't say that with a kind of you know, uh, like a assumption. Yeah, assumption. Well, yeah. Like I'm I'm one of those I'm one of the people who uh, you know was was telling uh, anybody who would listen to me in 2018, 17, 16, don't put your money in Lebanon because you don't know when the Ponzi scheme is going to be up and when that happens, your your money is going to be stuck over here. And I'll say, particularly telling my idiot friends. Who were taking, who were taking, who were taking loans in the countries in which they are re resident, and putting them over here, and banking, and banking, and banking the interest. A lot of people did that, mm. right? And so greed was a big part of it. Fine, but the, the other side of it is that you can't expect average people to understand finan complex financial instruments. If a bank tells you that this is what we're doing, they expect that this is a contract that is going to be honored. They're not going to expect that one day they're going to wake up and find that their, their however many dollars that they have in their accounts are suddenly inaccessible or only accessible at a 70% haircut, which is what we're getting right now. They say there's no haircut. There is a haircut. It's 70% right at this, at this very moment. Because if you're taking it out at 3,900 uh, to, the, to, the, to the dollar, then you're getting a 70% haircut. And that's only on a small portion of your money. The rest of it you're taking out at 1,500, which means that you're, taking, you're, you're, you're actually taking almost over a 90% haircut, right? So, so, so and, 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 they've, and they've designed this system, like there are no official capital controls, so that by design, if you're politically connected, you can transfer your money abroad and not be in, in contravention of the law. <laughs> that's like, till this very moment, you know, they're still fucking the Lebanese no. with, with a two by four covered in barbed wire. And they're expecting people, and they're expecting people to, to, to say, oh, okay, yeah, you're, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you I mean, it, it, show, it shows you that they don't even have faith in their own system, was, that they're willing to basically send everything they have what abroad. Was, what was the figure that we read, I remember, a few days ago about the amount of money that was uh, basically, like the amount of money that politicians uh, transferred uh, outside Lebanese 200 banks. Billion 200 billion in six billion. months before the yeah, uh, before, before you, the crash. I don't know if that was within the six months. I think but, within but a I certain. Heard, but, but, but bro, I heard so many numbers. I heard like the thing is, you can't give a you can't years, give a stable my, or exactly, a correct number, know. an accurate the, figure. The, the only person who knows the exact figure is, is the governor you, of the central bank. Riyad Salim. Yeah. 
and and that's the only reason why he's still the governor well, of the so central bank because yeah. if they get rid of him he has all the shit that oh, he's, he's covered up the all the shit, shit for because them. because every single dollar that transacts into or out of this country he has a record of yeah so so uh, so if you're wondering why nobody's bring, talking about him that's your answer mm. he said something funny like two days ago where he said i'm still in power because i have a plan that i want to set out in order to fix the economic yes crisis yes yes, so yes, yes yes of course 100 <laughs> everybody you know remember when we go we go back to the whole thing about those who who, who destroy are not those who fix right yeah. or those who build so so we're it's the same thing yeah. what, the, what the warlords did during the civil war this gentleman did to our economy yeah. because even like in 2015 2016 something something very interesting was happening and and this is what really sparked you know because I, i don't have any money here uh, personally and i i i was always i've Smart always decision. been very skeptical yeah, yeah but it's, it's it's like a healthy skepticism of, yeah. of 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 a country that doesn't exist um and w w what happened was i was walking down hamra street And I started to notice that a lot of places that were there for years and years and years were closing, were clo were closing yeah. down. You know, some of like the the, the the shoe stores, and there was a Wimpy, and there, you know these places that were been, you know they're, they're, they've been there forever, and they were closing down. Places you associate with Hamra. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I was wondering, I'm like, man, why are these places closing down? And and then and then I so I started to do a little digging, and I and I realized that okay, so when you, what happens when you increase interest rates? You encourage people to save. Because uh, why would I, why, you know, mm. uh, 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 like if you're a retailer, what are you, what are you doing? 12, 13% uh, margin maybe mm. and on a great, like during the, the, the heydays. Season, okay. Yeah. But like you're hardly even making that probably. Yeah. Uh, probably you're, you're probably sitting around six to 7%. So, so, uh, so why would I invest and risk in, uh, in a retail store? when I can just sit, put it mm. in the bank and take 10, 12%, 12% uh, doing absolutely yeah. nothing. But, but, what, but what, what happens? What, what that does is it causes the, the, the economy to start to shrink because you're, you're not, you're, your money is no longer working in the real economy. It's no longer being, in, it, it's no longer, uh, uh, you're no longer hiring anybody. You're no longer uh, using van services. You're no longer paying taxes. It doesn't move, bro. In the same way, GDP right. shrinks. Right. So, so, so your money, your money is based, and 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 it would be one thing if that money was going towards. Okay, so they're actually then investing it into mega projects, but that's not what they were doing. What they were doing was they were doing it to pay government salaries, to do, pay for political favors, so that they can stay in power. So, so basically, they were taking your money, my money, and burning it. You know, and 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 and, and torpedo, tor torpedoing the economy in the process. So. The person who the arc and 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 this isn't like what happened in 2000 and from 2016 till today, is not a it, it, are the politicians the warlords these are thugs, they don't know they they don't have the finesse to orchestrate a heist like this. This is a it's the truth. This is a this is a financial crime of the of of the scale. That you know that that uh, that that few intelligent people would be able to put together. Uh, this is a, this is a banker's crime. Yeah. It is a banker's crime. It is not a it's not a thug's crime. The thugs probably benefited, but I don't think they understood what they were what they were benefiting. They weren't from. the ones that actually organized. No, no, of course not. Of course yeah. not, because they're thugs. If you sit down with any one of them, you wouldn't. You'd realize that most of them would not they be able to add. They don't have the intellect. They can't so, add. Yeah. They can't add. <laughs> the only thing I can say is that such a complex crime. I don't think would come out of these farmers who are sitting in parliament. Yeah. Uh, it's it's definitely something that's come out of uh, 
people with a lot more knowledge of financial instruments and the way they work. And that's definitely not the the who's who of uh, of, 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 mm. of 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 the third of, generation warlord who got elected and then go to school. Exactly. Maybe that's yeah. maybe that's to them that they keep on referring to every time they give an excuse. They didn't let me. It might be those people. No, it's a great pronoun. <laughs> them, they. Well, they brother, it's it's so sad because like we started this podcast not to be not to go into political commentary. We we wanted nothing to do with it, but we just feel like as every week passes. We can't help but not talk about these things. Like we had you on here and you have a great story and it fits totally with what we're kind of the message that we're now. trying to send. And yet here we are time after time again, talking about this kind of corrosive structure and these corrosive people. And it's just, it's like, they're it's like an endless cycle. You know what I mean? It's like an, well, literally an endless cycle. It. They're yeah, poking but, you the whole But time. you know what? Unfortunately, we live in, you know, we're, we're, we live in the shithole of the world. And, uh, and, and we're trying to pull ourselves out of it. And so inevitably, things are going to loop back to this. And, you know, part of why we, you know, we, we fight so hard and part of why we, you know, we, we maybe even do a lot of the things that we do. And like, I mean, for me as well, like what I did last week, it was chiefly motivated by the fact that we live in this shithole, mm. you know. And, and, and so in a funny way, in, a, in, a, in an ironic way, I'd say it's like, you know, you need like th- these kind of hardships are, are part of why. Uh, we even have, you know, these great initiatives that are that are coming out in different, you know, different corners of this country and uh, this territory, rather. I don't want to call it a country because it isn't one. This land, this you piece know, of land, this piece, this piece, this piece of this piece of insignificant land, I must say, because we also have another problem, which is that we think that we're somehow that that somehow. The, you know, the French president wakes up and the first thing he thinks about is what, you know, is what the Lebanese government is doing, you know, and the, and the American president the same and the, and the Brazilian president the same. Uh, As if they don't have enough problems on their head already. Yeah, I, I would say, I, I, would, I, would, I would tell your audience in no uncertain terms that nobody gives a flying fuck about you and your little country. The only people who give a damn about this place are the people who are living in it. If you're expecting somebody to come from afar and solve your problems, you are dreaming. We are here exclusively because of that. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please make sure to like, follow, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Anrami, Spotify, Instagram, Facebook, and I'm Asabal. Thank you. Also, we'd love your feedback, so please DM us on Instagram at fauda2020.